here and beyond. Get ready for raising the cane. Are shiftless, uh, okay. with a few exceptions that actually do believe in uh, working. Inevitably, in order for an employer to obtain reliable, competent, and <clears throat> skilled workers of whatever age, the level of payment would naturally rise in order to attract these more desirable uh, individuals who want uh, to work for a particular company. So in order to attract the, the boomers or let's say the special millennials that know the value of a day's work, you naturally want to pay them more because they've already demonstrated that they're more likely to show up on a daily basis, put in the requisite hours, abide by the employee, employee uh, handbook, and not give you uh, a belligerent attitude. So if you left it to the, the, the freedom of contractual uh, principles that we're talking about, you actually would end up with a better employment situation overall and probably less uh, mechanization and automation because part of what trends or moves that forward is that you know we're dealing with all of these people who we can't depend on so why not replace them with automated kiosks and uh, robots that are capable of flipping <coughs> patties and pizzas mm. The economy, my goodness. Well, you know, uh, Sandra, did you want to say I, something? I, yeah. I, I think that it, to mm. me it's a topic that is uh, with mixed feelings because I do agree that we, you have to have the freedom. I do understand that a lot of employers <clears throat> are living, especially California, because of so many rules. And um, But at the same token, you see the people that are, uh, you know, you see preferential treatment in some of them. Some get less, some get more. Uh, you see families also that are, uh, you know, especially immigrants, and I know this is a hard topic, but you see a lot of the farm workers out there uh, and they're being paid minimum wage when in fact they should be paying more. Uh, being out, you know, in the field uh, under the sun and they don't even have no rights and that's why you see a lot of the other things so to me it's a really difficult topic uh, to to talk about because I do understand both sides 
what is the best way to do well that's what we're uh, discussing this but um, I do understand in both the both uh, both sides yeah so it's a dicey subject um, it's not easy because at the end of the day we're not just dealing with statistics we're dealing with real human beings here yes and to say a human being isn't worth X number of dollars Mm -hmm. and, uh, and and again on the on the left we're talking about well these companies are profiting hugely and it, it, it there is a moral wrong I believe when you're making billions and, and close to a trillion and mm -hmm. you don't pay someone more money when you can without hurting you and it won't cost you that much and you're and you you could use that as the big carrot you know even in supply and demand it makes sense to use a, a carrot and dangling in front of someone and if they rise to the occasion with and the expectation is that they will get paid more and you don't I that's a moral dilemma. See, these are right? important that's moral a, arguments. That's a moral and right. it's the difference between a legal and a moral but I think you know I believe in humanity and if I have an operation that makes 50 billion a year and then the top 100 executives make 1 million plus uh, and they don't give back to the lower level employees. That's just wrong. And even that's medical. just wrong. Yeah, yeah medical or something. That's just wrong yeah. and a moral wrong. Now you could be again. We're making moral and legal arguments, which could be divergent here. But uh, I have no problem if I was an employer and I'm like, I have four houses, you know, that have 20 rooms in them, and these people are struggling, and it won't cost me anything to do this really it's just reallocating the resources that are being uh, relegated or, or directed to the top echelon all the time but where do you stop and so you know what I don't think there should be a, 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 a stop and start point when it, when you're dealing with morality it's the heart and what is the right thing to do and now some folks uh, can argue that up and down heaven and hell what the right thing to do is but when you can do something the question is, well, why should I? Well, I'm making fifty billion a year. Well, why should why should I? I don't have to legally. I'm paying the minimum, and that's where the uh, the moral dilemma comes in. The fact is, you can't. I was just reading recently that yesterday, this company that's sharing their profits because they they had to sell. They basically had to liquidate. They shared the profits with the people, the regular folks. Nice. And 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 I remember years ago there were these. Um, uh, this company in Fountain Valley, they were selling the company, and the condition of the sale was to give each employee like I don't know what it was, a thousand, ten thousand dollars each. And it's like, wow, they were already making a fortune. They didn't need any more, you know. You know, you can only have so many houses, so many cars, so much. Money. It should be up to them. But no, it was up to them, and they didn't legally have to do it. Yeah. But here's the moral of the argument: they did the right thing, in my opinion. Even though a company can choose not to, and it's legal. But to me, if you could do something like that, that would be a good thing as far as you're, again, all the top executives, they have the money. They're just redirecting the money with someone already making $2 million. Now you can make $5 million. Why wouldn't you give some of that back to some of the masses if, why you, should if, we you, assume, if you could? Why should we assume you know, that most um, companies, mm -hmm. however structured, whether they're corporations, limited liability, companies or partnerships wouldn't do the right thing in the absence of governmental coercion. Well, I'm not saying that the government should intervene in these cases. I'm just saying 
The fact is, most of them don't do the right. But do the what question they is, do. should there be yeah. a mandated minimum wage? Now, I don't, you know what? And that's a yes or no. Where do you stand? <laughs> that's a yes and, or no. I don't, I don't believe overall it should, but I do think they should enforce the existing laws of collusion, antitrust, and manipulation, and straight out fraud and lying and deceiving. And uh, and if you if you on the right, if you believe truly in supply and demand, why are you manipulating it? And then you have to define manipulation. Yeah, and see there we go. But there are already existing laws that def help define that. Now maybe some of them have loopholes in it, but you know uh, then we go back to the moral argument. See mm. every you know even the devil thinks he's right. <laughs> Right. The devil, but he's still the devil, isn't he? Yeah. The devil, he can argue, he can be sitting right here. Maybe he is sitting right here as a fourth chair. Well, oh, no. Well, well why not? <laughs> why, why, we should have a fourth chair, right, so he can defend himself. He will defend himself. Look, at, you interview these serial killers. Well, what did I do wrong? They believe God told them to do what they're at, doing right. Let's look at the history yeah. of the minimum wage in the United States. In the 19th century, mm -hmm. the minimum wage movement was actually tied into the eugenics movement, okay. which, to simplify it, was about perfecting the human species by eliminating the weakest, the weakest mm -hmm. and those races mm -hmm. that were considered to be inferior, mm -hmm. like Margaret Sanger, who was in support yeah. of contraception yeah, in the black community, the reason why there's not a lot of black, as many blacks now is because of that woman yeah. that you guys support through her existing organization. And her allies included yes. economists such as Royal Meeker yeah. and Henry Rogers uh, yeah. Sager. Their argument for the minimum wage was that it would allow support of workers whom they deemed desirable and it would actually force non-desired workers out of the labor market. Their definition of yeah. non-desired workers included immigrants, women, racial minorities, and the disabled. Because at that yeah. time, by wow. requiring a minimum wage, that would only support mm. able-bodied Caucasian males mm. from wow. particular countries, like right. the British Isles. Um, and so the result yes. in that conception of mm -hmm. the, the minimum wage, in fact, not unlike gun control laws, which were uh, focused upon uh, disenfranchising freed men in the former confederacy so they couldn't defend themselves uh, against the Klan. Mm -hmm. So gun control was motivated to suppress and kill black people. And similarly, the minimum wage laws were designed basically to keep immigrants, minorities, and other undesirables poor Mm -hmm. <laughs> out of the wow. factories and plants and, and other areas where they would be competing with the desirables that you wanted to foster and, and propagate uh, as your desired uh, 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 workforce. Great workforce. And so you, mm -hmm. you look at that and um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that mm -hmm. a policy, a program, a platform is necessarily illegitimate because it has roots that are malevolent, but I think it uh, should give us pause mm. and make us reconsider whether something that has 
its origins and something so debased and bestial and um, brutalizing should really be continued because even though we have these additional laws now, mm -hmm. you know, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the uh, Fair Employment and Housing Act and uh, California Government Code, and all these other laws, it still doesn't make the idea acceptable. You know, it's looking at what it does to uh, uh, to the, the labor market in other ways because you probably could hire more people if you had no minimum wage. You could hire more workers, you'd bring more families, more neighborhoods, more regions like Appalachia mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. and some of our dependent uh, territories and commonwealths in the Caribbean and the South Pacific if you didn't have minimum wages. I want to work for you. I want you to work for me. How much do you want to get paid? How much can you afford to pay? And then you have a contract. It like not unlike buying a sound system or a car or a house. There's no minimum house payment. You know, well, we can't sell this house to you under this amount. Well, you look at the market, but they actually could sell the house to you for the amount they want to sell it to you, couldn't they? They don't have to, well, just because the next door neighbor's house sold for this amount, we, well, we have to sell it to you for the same amount? No. no. There's freedom of contract. That's true. You know? And, um, you know, that doesn't mean you can cheat your worker. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you can collude with uh, your so-called competitors. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that uh, you uh, deprive anyone of the benefit of the a bargain which is part of this employment contract. So we're not authorizing and uh, decriminalizing uh, fraud and deceit and false premises and uh, anything else. We're just saying that when it comes to the amount of pay that somebody receives that it shouldn't be up to a city okay. like the, out, the hero wages they wanted to pay uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, or a county, uh, or state, or territory, or commonwealth, or the federal government, mm -hmm. and you know, just kind of dovetail into it. And similarly, it shouldn't be up to any uh, governmental entity preventing a business from operating, regardless of whether there's a, a virus or a bacteria or some other reason why they want to shut down the business. In fact, because the ultimate uh, right to work is the right for a business to operate and to freely invite customers, patrons, and guests. Okay. So, uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh, what's that noise? What's that sound? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, it's time to go. Is it? Yeah, it is. There's so much more to say. So, uh, thank you for joining us. And it's been a, a, a contentious <laughs> and a insightful uh, yes, discussion. Yes, thank you, Maurice. That's thank an you. excellent. So, and give us your opinion in yeah. uh, YouTube. Yeah. Like us. Yeah, remember to subscribe on YouTube. And uh, we're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Stitcher, Apple and a whole host of other ones. And so you'll see uh, 
Uh, and so just join us uh, when you can, if you can. We know you can. And so, more to the topic. <laughs> that's right. More to the topic. So look yeah. forward to, we have various uh, series, um, All Things Money, Teach About Money, and Investment Club. And then uh, Sandra's going to be doing certain series herself about focusing on women. Looking so looking for our next yes. uh, podcast for that too. So to open the door.